outside, still out there, door, quarter, clear, clear, clear. Block this, bitch. Go get another one. Well, hey, hey. <laughs> That's a great start. It's a great start. No, that is a perfect start for this show. I'm like, <laughs> so I, this is where I say, you're listening to the Glass Case of Emotion, and oh, hey, in case you didn't know, this isn't Ryan Blaney. This is Tyler Reddick, the Star Trek guy is filling in for the Star Wars guy. Yay. We'll see how it goes. Hey. Like it. Something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, so do you have like the pointy ears underneath, the like the Spock ears on underneath the headphones? I dropped the ball. Honestly, that's a great idea. If I would have thought about it this morning, they'd be on there. But if I wore, if the AirPods would have worked, mm -hmm. you could have seen the pointy ears. Right, that right. could have been an option. But they would have had to come off, put these these bad boys on anyway. So it would have been all for nothing. Yeah. Well, you could always get like headphones that actually look like Spock ears, and then that way you can like kill they two birds. Yeah, I don't they know. If they come off the back a little bit or something. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. If they don't make yeah, them, I think I got. Then they need to. I think I got. I think I got Spock ears a couple years ago for Halloween, and I'd say it, I'm really pale. They didn't match my skin tone at all. I wouldn't have worked, so I just I just didn't include in the outfit. So, well, you know, we could always just live long and, and prosper, um, or live long and prosper. In the case of Texas, it was may live the, long and may the force be with you. Yes, right. That's a good way yes. to rile people up. Yeah. Oh man, I was gonna yeah, say absolutely. in Texas, it seemed like it was live long and perspire. It's making a bad, oh, bad transition. It was hot. There. Yeah, man. Um, we we kind of knew it was going to be hot going to Texas, but I I don't know. I I really thought it wasn't going to be that bad, but it was it was pretty hot. I mean, the red flag coming when it did kind of you know you got a little heat soaked in the car sitting there, but yeah, Texas is always hot, but it caught me off guard a little bit, and I think it caught a couple people off guard too, but. Um, what do you expect when you're racing at Texas in the summer? We haven't done that. I don't. I don't know. The last time they actually have done that, I'm not a very good historian, but it's always hot in the summer. And when we go to places like Texas and Florida and all that, I mean, it's gonna be really hot. So uh, uh, you just gotta try and hydrate and stay off the beer, stay off whatever you might be a fan of drinking in the evenings when the days are done, because you gotta stay hydrated. I think. How uh, bad does oh. your fire suit smell? when it's like really hot at the end of the race. Uh, I don't know. I don't ever notice it, but um, when I work out or do anything like that, Alexa, my girlfriend, baby mama, she's always very quick to call me out on how bad I stink when I sweat. I, I don't know. I, I just don't notice that. I guess you live in it. You're used to it, right? You know, it's like if you have a cat and a litter box that smells really bad or a dog that just stinks you're not used to that smell you get used to it you get nose blind so yeah i didn't notice it but i'm sure i didn't smell that great the roses were definitely not definitely weren't weren't flowing for sure when it's your own brand i feel like you're a little bit more uh you know like you said nose blind and uh that sort of funk i don't know i've gone camping where like i go out for days at a time and don't shower for like a whole weekend and then you walk back in a store and you're like why are people looking at me funny and acting like I smell? I don't smell. Like I'm, I'm fine. I don't smell me. Yeah, you get used to it, right? Yeah. But uh, everyone else around you that may not have been around uh, for every moment of uh, the, the growth of that that unique scent that you're carrying, um, yeah, they're, they they just they just get hit with it all at once, and they're they're caught off guard. So whenever <laughs> I go work out and come home, Alexa's real quick call me out like, "Hey, you need to go take a shower." Really? 
when you take a minute to like really explore the smell and you're like, okay, you might not be wrong. I might go take a shower. So it's just part of it. I mean, it's hot in the summer. It's North Carolina. I mean, you walk outside for three minutes, you're going to start sweating. Mm-hmm. It's just so bad this week, heat wise. Oh yeah. I mean, I had to go get a haircut because it was too hot. My hair, no, my hair was like down and covering the back of my neck. I don't know how you do it, Kim, with oh, that really? much hair. Like, oh yeah, I hadn't cut my hair since like January. Maybe? How does it stay straight? Like all this humidity doesn't just 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 go. Is it? Is it? It's got to be a challenge to keep it straight, right? Kim. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the boys, but we use a straightener. It's a product. Mine's real dirty right now, so that helps. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, actually, that was uh, that's. That's the one thing whenever uh, Alexa's friends from Illinois is still pretty humid, but whenever they come out and visit, they have no idea what they're in store for with this. It's just hot. Your hair just goes after a rainstorm or whatever. Yeah, it's just humid. I gotten used to it by now, but people that aren't from here aren't used to it for sure. Uh, yeah, you definitely just got to like go out there and embrace the suck. Because it is yeah, not absolutely fun. I did break down before I got the haircut and actually bought a hair dryer because I was getting tired of having like wet hair. Yeah. Like I, it, yeah. it's one of those things. Like it's th- that's a luxury that I hadn't really known. Like the the joy of a hair dryer. Oh, it's it's incredible. Um, and more of my uh, adventurous days when I was dirt racing and I had the long flowing hair. Some might know it, some might not. But I had hair down past my shoulders it was long flowing red hair oh yeah it was out of control i never brushed it yeah i never brushed it never dried it never did anything to it and i don't know i i ain't shy about it but like hey the girls be like what you put in your hair like why is this so nice literally nothing like i use just like the 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 typical stuff teenagers use like axe and uh, (laughs) old spice and stuff like that like i didn't use anything really nice in my hair this, this smells the girls like love the long hair. I don't know. I never let anyone braid it though. But yeah, I had long, long hair. This smells like Axe body spray. Yeah, like a can and a half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that stuff's gross now. Oh. I don't know what I was ever thinking back then. I, I the went on the smell, the better. That oh was yeah, the idea. I think I went on a a trip to Mexico when I was like a freshman in high school and bought some like knockoff Axe in one of the. Uh, the little markets and like sprayed it thinking, Oh, this is going to be great. Like, cause we didn't really take as many showers down there. And like it got to the point with that body spray. They're like, can you go sit on the other side of the room? Because you, you smell terrible. Like the problem I always had with, with cologne and stuff like that is I always some overkill with everything and I spray it. Can't smell it. Nope. Can't smell it. And like wherever I'm putting it, Apparently, you're not supposed to put it under your armpits. When I was a kid, I put it under my armpits. That's not where you're supposed to put it. You're supposed to put it here, here, and all that stuff. I didn't know any of this stuff. I was really messed up. I mean, I raised dirt. I, that's all I really cared about. I didn't really know what else to do with life. So I was just, oh, that's where I stink. That's where I put it, right? So Hit the problem areas, man. That's, that's, it's crucial. I would, I, by the time I realized I put too much on, no one could be around me. So I just got rid of the stuff completely and just deodorant, and that's it. No scent. Hell yeah, man. Um, if you're an introvert, it'd be good. Keep people away. Yeah. It would. Honestly, on the days where I don't want to be around people, that's I probably should just be soaked in cologne. <laughs> I would just keep everybody away. Or just go find a skunk. That'd or, work really good, too. You get, what was it? Patchouli oil that uh, the Grateful Dead I, fans? I like patchouli. Yeah, that's not true. I don't, I'm, I don't find that I shocking. I don't know what patchouli oil is. 
It's uh, I like a mild patchouli scent. You don't like a strong patchouli, like middle of like summer in 1994 on a Grateful Dead tour patchouli. Yeah, patchouli is like a earthy like. Oh no! <laughs> so if you're watching on YouTube right now. Uh, producer Matt mm. Strickert has thrown up a photo. Come on. Is that a wig? Like, that looks like a wig. That doesn't look no. real. That does no. America's an incredible pizza. So, that pizza company, so that alone. <laughs> that yeah, is. I, you can't really see it, but um, there's a little CGM logo from back in the day when, when they had a team in the Xfinity series. Uh, we knew some people over there and they were on our Xfinity. Uh, they were, I said Xfinity car. They were on our uh, third late model. For, for a good bit of some of the time I ran dirt cars. So, so do you yeah, remember they, where that photo was and when that was taken? Oh. The only, well, this is embarrassing to say, but I didn't win many races during their late mall racing. It was very tough. The one I won was at East Bay Raceway Park, and that was, that had to be one of the only <laughs> photos. I mean, I, I won like one of my first couple races, uh, races um, running in a Bloomquist car way back when and then I went like year and a half, two years where I'd be really fast. I'd screw up, blow motor, hit the fence. Shocking, right? Yeah. And then not win. So it was it was hard racing early models, but only won a couple. So that was one of them. Which do you think is harder? Dursing or Dursing? Dursing. Dursing. Racing Dursing. Dur- late for models yeah. or racing in the cup series. And I say that because this season you've been, you know, kinda lightened well, the rookie class this year has been pretty awesome. I mean, Custer gets the win. You've been in contention a lot. I mean, this week, you were right up there in it. Um, close. Close. Yeah. Teammate got the win. Austin, but we were cheering for you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Austin's got yeah, some wins. Yeah, I think he's right across in the other room. Hang on, you slowed up a little bit there with the. You say he's right across the in the yeah. other room. No, for me, dirt late model racing was was honestly more challenging than than trucks, Arca, and Xfinity. But the Cup Series, I'd say, is pretty pretty close uh, when you think of the amount of good drivers and good teams and good crew members that really set up the cars. The dirt late models were just so tough. I mean, you, you go to some races and the guys you're racing against have a notebook that goes further back than your birth date. You know, like Scott Bloomquist was really smart. He's raced a long time. Billy Moore Jr., Jimmy Mars, uh, some of those guys back then when I was racing against, they just were so knowledgeable. They still are. They don't lose that knowledge. And, um, you know, that made it really hard to, to really run good at times. But um, you know, as the NASCAR is just a whole different animal than their racing. But um, there's a lot of good drivers that do both, for sure. Do you think... And this season, like 2020, is an outlier. But do you think that the lack of practice in the Cup Series has helped level the playing field a little bit? Because, like, you see guys like Kyle Busch, who historically has been amazing, struggle this year. And then, you know, you've had rookies that have, you know, won, are, are doing really well. And is that everybody's kind of on more of an equal playing field when you just unload and go? You don't have time to fine-tune as much in the in the garage during practice well for some like us i feel like we fine-tune during practice for some like kyle um can't speak for him i'm not him but it seems like they really work hard to find the comfort that he's wanting out of the car to go out there and make the speed in it and this year without the practice being 
there for a lot of our races, especially no practice at all since we've been back racing. After our, our break because uh, of COVID-19, I mean, yeah, some it's really hurt, some it's, some it's helped. I think from where I'm standing, I, can, I mean, I think it's safe to say for our team, our strengths are just are, are come from more of the sitting at the shop, uh, going through what we want to do, then simming it and coming up with a good like starting point. Um, so more times than not, I think it's helped us, but definitely yeah, I think back to earlier this year before everything slowed down, uh, when we were running at Phoenix, we were like a 29th place car in practice, qualified 30th. And then the guys worked really hard. All the men went worked really hard overnight to make our car better. And then we drove from 29th to or 30th to, to fourth and was up there battling third, second in Phoenix. So there's definitely both, both sides of it, but I think it's helped us more than hurt us, but it just depends on how some people approach the weekend. I think people have had to change that and think about, you know, what they want to do going into the race for us. We always take what's the most reasonable package for us. And then we fine tune it. You know, some people need to really start one way and then, and then shift to where they need to be. And it takes laps and practice to get there and we don't got it. So it's made it more challenging for those guys. Or, or you have to be able to like over-engineer it and like overthink it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've been guilty of that a few times this year. I think everybody is, you know, you, you, you go through a few stretches where you underthink it then you overthink it and you're like, I'll just go off of what my gut says. And then that's not even right. Sometimes it's, it's really challenging. Um, you know, simulation has come so far when you think of, where it was even 20 years ago uh, and engineers and all the minds that, that spend hours and hours, you know, devoting their, their career to trying to find tenths and hundreds of a second per lap. And uh, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a huge role now, especially now with no practice, what you show up with is, is so important. And, and then even beyond that, um, you know, not only do you want to show up with a perfect race car, but if it's not perfect. You've really got to focus on, having a car in a package that you can adjust on to fix it if it's not right. And so just, just add to the list of things you got to get right before you go into the race. Not only get to have a good car, but it's not right. Be able to adjust on and fix it. Sometimes that's hard to do. And it's shown for some of these teams, I think. Um, I was, oh, go ahead, Kim. Tyler wasn't here last week, obviously, but the pole sitter, even though they did draw the pole, still got the rifle. I don't know if you saw that, Chuck. I did. We were I doing did. What? We were debating whether or not. Oh, that's that's not right. The rifle, since it's a draw instead of an actual qualifying, and they still gave it to what Eric. Yeah, Eric Amarola got the, oh, uh, the Henry rifle. Yeah. It's a sweet rifle. What? It's nice. What? I think Blaine needs to find whatever rabbit's foot that Eric Amarola has in this pulled draw. Dude. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Although, what Blaine? a bunch of these races. Because Blaney still started second, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he did start second. Yeah, he yeah. started second. I, sorry, I was back there and I started twenty fourth. I had no idea what was going up on up there with 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 Eric and Ryan and all those guys. I've been twenty fourth the last two weekends, so Truly. I'm doing really good on pill draws. You've gotten up to the front, so to think if you had drawn like a pole sitting position. Well, you know, best I can do right now is twelfth. But we had a few good weeks where we were like thirteenth, fourteenth, sixteenth. Yeah. And the last two weeks, we've been 24th. And I won't be shocked for 24th again, honestly, the way the last two went. Well, in Texas, you guys made the uh, the call no tires. And Austin, what, did Austin take two? He took lefts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that at a track like that, you got that opportunity. Boom, you guys took advantage of it. Yeah, well, 
it doesn't work if you don't have fast race cars. And I think a lot of these teams do have fast race cars. Everyone works really hard, but we were in a position where in, in the first stage, we had a good car. We were able to catch a few brakes on restarts and we were starting to move our way up. I think we got into like seventh or so. And then uh, we ran, we ran the stage one long and took fuel only. And that got us to fourth. So we were in a pretty good spot. So in effort trying to keep the track position, we took right side tires and man, I've never, never in my life taken right side tires and gone from me in the top five car to a 26th place car. But that happened. Yes. That happened Sunday. And, uh, we went one lap down. We were two laps down at one point when we finally took four tires. So we were tired of running so slow, but it, it almost completely messed up our entire day. We were able to rebound from it. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, I'd say you recovered pretty well. I mean, just, just <laughs> almost, almost right there. It was yeah. a pretty good recovery. I mean, yeah. I, uh, I was so mad whenever that big pileup happened on the front stretch, Clint, I technically was in front of Clint on the restart, but the bottom rolled so good on that one restart that we come off of four and everyone wrecked. And I was like, oh, you know, we're probably going to get the lucky dog, I thought. And then I realized Clint and a few others got ahead of us. But they got in the wreck, but Clint decided to stay out and take that wave around so they could, or the free, the, the lucky dog, so they could work on their car. Fortunately, we got a caution right after, and we were able to get one ourselves. But um, yeah, we had some pretty unfortunate things happen. But at the end of the day, we still had some things go our way to get back up there. And when you think about, I mean, the last two days before that, we've, been we've been all over the place throughout the race we've been running really good really bad somehow get top tens out of the two before uh texas uh but texas went really well obviously hell yeah good yes. texas. um I'll take it i i will uh we talked about uh kyle bush a little bit earlier but his his comments after the race <laughs> were like how did how'd you get up there kyle kfb which i'm going by kfc what? <laughs> you thinking KFC when he said KFB? No, I'm saying I could go by KFC since my engine is KC. Oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, when, when I was walking in here to shoot this, Austin was joking with me, TFR. I'm like, I don't know about that. But, I mean, I appreciate the, the opinion. Maybe. I think there's some moments where you could, you could possibly toss out the TFR. But I didn't do anything like that on uh, – on Sunday's race. There's been a couple of times about bounce off the fence. Where was it? Uh, trying to think of a race where I did something really stupid. Bristol. I think that's a good <laughs> TFR moment. Spinning out twice, starting a lap down on pit road. That's that was a good TFR moment. I think, I mean, what do you think Kayla? I'm getting some head nods from Kayla back there. She's <laughs> <laughs> like head nods in a good way or head nods in a, <laughs> Oh Lord. Yeah. Impressed <laughs> with the TFR getting better out. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, get out of here with that. <laughs> Uh, no, no. Do not speak for me. I, am not. I mean, <laughs> okay, for Kyle, okay, the KFB, that's like quintessent. Like, that's the most Kyle Bush thing for Kyle Bush to say. It's the most yeah, Kyle absolutely. Bush thing that Kyle Bush has ever Kyle Bushed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kyle is, when he gets in front of a camera, and it, it's not, I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean, in an honest, honestly, honest, good way. It's, it is pure entertainment. It is funny. I know he's probably really mad at the time when he gets camera in his face and he thought about the thousand different ways he could win that race. I get it. I think, I, I think that way, but it's, it's pure gold. 90% of the time he's, uh, he's asked a question about something when he's mad. I love it. I love it. Except for when I'm the one asking the question, it's not always fun. <laughs> well, that is true. I, 
after the race, like obviously he was behind me to those restarts. And I, I mean, I was spinning my tires. I'm on 70 lap tires or something like that. I was trying to go, but I couldn't. So I, I just wanted to ask him cause I was curious. I went over and asked him like, what could I have done differently there to, to help you out, push me? And he's like, just go. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, in the ideal world, if I could have gone, I would have, but man, these 70 lap tires don't, aren't on the same page as me, but yeah, he's just, he speaks his mind. That's, that's it, Kyle. It took me a second to realize like what he said. I was like, well, first of all, he's wearing the mask. So you like, don't see his lips move. And I was like, did he, did he just say KFB? <laughs> hey, look, it is much like we use. So at the beginning of the show, Tyler, we always play scanner sounds from the race. That's like one of the best sound bites. And a lot of times it's yeah. Kyle Bush. Cause he has some great, uh, great scanner comments. Um, and like it, it, it sometimes it probably feels like we're picking on him because he says this stuff. But at the same time, like, yes, he's cussing up a storm and saying all this stuff, but he backs it up on the track. And it's like he has been one of those drivers that in the past 10 years, it has been amazing to watch him race and compete. And you don't really when you're in it, you don't really take that stuff and appreciate it the way you should like with jimmy johnson it's like when that's going on you're like oh man i wish this guy wouldn't win all the time and then when he's not it's like oh man we had this really awesome thing so while yes we may pick on kyle bush with for his comments the dude can flat out race and it's amazing to watch a good word for it is he is absolutely polarizing you either love him or you hate him you don't have people in the middle and that's that's always going to create good entertainment fantastic entertainment and that's what we've got coming up Thursday. More entertainment in Kansas. I'm just finding a ways to transition. Oh, yeah. Things. Yeah, I'm trying to weave in. I'm really bad at transitions. So a lot of times I'll just say, and now here's this topic. <laughs> here's the transition. Is yeah. the casino going to be open Yeah. <laughs> at the racetrack? That's what I want to know. You- I think a lot of people are curious. Well, you know, they're getting ready to break ground on a casino here outside of Charlotte, the Catawba. Indian, the Catawba truck. Oh, yep. no. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The the Cherokee are not too happy that they're opening a casino that close to Harris. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Casino, casino, whatever. All good. I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a gambler. I'm not a. No. No. I'd rather just drink. Money. If I want to lose money, I want That's to- gambling. <laughs> I know where the money's going when I'm drinking. <laughs> Well, you're, you're yeah. gambling on the outcome. How? Yeah. Uh, am I, have I got some long run pacing me tonight, or am I just short run? I know? have trained my entire I'm life for this. And crash out early. Am I going to make it to the? Am I going to make it to the end, or what? I don't know. I'm an endurance drinker. I've trained for this. This is that is that is my sport. The game of drink. <laughs> endurance drinking beer. You can't endurance drink everything. I don't know mm-hmm. about that. I can endurance drink some vodka. Oh, okay. Can't go back and forth though. I feel like that's a horrible plan for. You, you can't dual fuel it. You got to pick one or the other. You got to stick oh, yeah. to it. Oh yeah, yeah. You you have to st- you have to stay with one drink. If you mix them up, it's gonna be a, that's a recipe for a bad time. Or a really good time for somebody that's watching it take place. Right. Like there was one uh, time during a football game at Strickert's house actually um, that I drank an entire fifth of vodka. And good for you. Did not like they couldn't tell that I was intoxicated, and the next day I didn't have a hangover. And then I realized I should probably slow down on the drinking. 
Well, you know, if you just drink it straight, you cut all the sugar. That, that's that's a lot of the hangover right yeah, there. Yeah. So it's smart drinking. Yeah. It's pure, one hundred percent. I mean, it's it's octane. It's like oh. it's you can get more pure than that, but yeah, it. Uh, that's a nice thing. I think the sugar is what gets a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize it when they have those fruity tooty drinks, with all the different different things in them. The straighter I drink the alcohol, the less hangover I have. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like- sometimes it's funny. Some of my better bike rides are after I have like wait maybe two or three too many glasses of bourbon on ice. It doesn't ever make sense, but I think it's because the pressure's on. I have to outdo my friends that know that. I was joking. Yeah, I may have. I may not ride ride too good on the bike today. But, uh, you know, pressure's on. You feel like you got to rise to perform and, you know, put out your best performance. What type of bike do you have? What type? Yeah. Ooh, uh, I don't know. I actually bought it used from um, uh, Chad Kendrick. He was crew chief at BKR. He's at Tyler Young's now. It was his ex-wife's bike. He was just trying to get rid of it. So uh, it's a woman's bike. It's pink. It's got some different colors, but I got it for, like, so is mine. Next to nothing. I got for like 700 bucks. It's a Fuji. Oh. Um, I don't know. I got it for really cheap. It's it, it works. I can pedal. I can go up hills. I can go down hills fast. I can draft. I can put bottles in it. It, it serves the purpose of a bike. And the chain, you know, stays lubed up, whatever. It's good to go. So I got a steal on that deal for sure. What's the longest ride you've done? I think... Right around 60 miles. It was a couple of years ago. I don't really go on those extreme long distance yeah. mile, uh, you know, high mile rides anymore. Probably the most I'll do <clears throat> now if I if I have time for it, I'll go ride with uh, Alan Hart. He's an engineer on Justin Algar's car in the Xfinity series. Uh, him and Kristen Bauer will join us sometimes, his girlfriend. And uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll ride. Sometimes we'll go as far as, you know, 35, 40 miles from time to time. It just depends. Normally yeah. 20, 25, 30 is kind of the normal I shoot for. It's a good chunk. That's a good, uh, good, good yeah. distance. Yeah. Kim, have you, have you done your, uh, have you, have you, how far have you made it? Kim got a new bike. So a new bike. she's been uh, testing things out. I clock it, but I it's just a joy ride. Like measure it. I would, I would guess like 15, maybe. Although I got it, I only got it like what a month ago. Yeah, and it's been so hot, so like going it is on really hot isn't really enjoyable. <clears throat> I like to suffer in yeah, the last. I had to guess like fifteen to twenty. Last but ride I went on was terrible. Uh, yeah, super, super speedy. Yeah, it was. We took off and we got about seventy miles in, and then it just the the sky was opened up and we uh, got soaking wet. It was horrible. And then obviously you're back out in the sun right afterwards, and you're just. Baking. The water's evaporated. Baking, yes. The no last, last ride no I was on, I got a flat tire on my rear tire, and I haven't replaced it yet. But How far away from your house are you? Uh, four, five miles. So you have their repair yeah. kit? No, I didn't. Have, I thought I had oh. a patch kit with me, and I did not, so I had to call, the worst. call for help. And I haven't repaired it yet, so it's still sitting there. But I got, I got a... Uh, one of those indoor bikes and I have a app that I can now ride stuff on. So I've been doing that Yeah, with the heat. Yeah, it's a lot better. Yeah, I got a Wahoo kicker and it works pretty good. You just throw the bike on there, yeah. you tie it down and run a little tension into the, into the tire and you can pedal rain or shine for as long as you want on, on Zwift or one of those other apps there. I was, so. I was on Zwift the other day and I got passed by somebody and I looked down at the name and it said J 
Nemechek. And I was like, Oh yeah, there's he's really fast. There's probably not a lot of people with his name. So and I I clicked on it and it said John Nemechek, 24, North Carolina. I was like, oh, Okay, oh, yeah, it's it's John Hunter. Okay, cool. Yeah, he him on a bike is. I, I've never asked to ride with him because I know I'd never even keep up. I could probably you know. I could probably ride behind him off his draft for maybe 10, 15 miles. And after that, I mean, I'm no use to him. He'll just ride off into the sunset. He's at another level. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. The other thing that we do on this show, uh, since this is your first time on, is we, we talk a lot about like random weird stories. And as you've seen, this conversation just kind of takes it its own. It gets really random and weird. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. This might be perfect for me. Well, we've also <laughs> like got new stories that kind of pop up and one of them that i saw pop up yesterday and i think i sent it to you kim was the guy that unearthed the the witch bottle oh the witch bottle did you see that one which bottle is a witch mm. bottle so basically there was a relic hunter that was just outside of new orleans and he believes he found what is known as a witch bottle that it contained what was it human what hair teeth Hair teeth. Hair teeth. There was a beetle in there um, and maybe some urine. He wasn't sure, but it had probably been in there since like the 1850s or so. What? Yeah. Mid-1800s. Mid-1800s. Yep. Yep. So there were a lot. He was catching a lot of flack because he took it from the place and somebody had buried it probably to cast a spell or like a protection thing over the house. It was like an old home site. So everybody was like, "You shouldn't take that. You should put it back. You could bring bad, uh, bad vibes on you." Bad voodoo. You're in yeah. New Orleans. I don't. I wouldn't mess with any of that stuff around New Orleans. Have ever seen the stone? Yeah. That movie. Granted, it's fiction, but mm. oh, if Kate Hudson's in it and some other people. That's yeah. No messes voodoo. So if you yeah, come across something stuff, like you gotta that, be careful with. If, if you, you believe in it, yeah, you really gotta be careful. If you don't believe in it, and other people do. There will be, you got to be careful. I mean, you never know. It, it could rain tomorrow and someone might think it's bad luck and they're going to freak out and run off. I don't know. It's uh, That is a pretty odd thing to find in the ground. <laughs> well, <laughs> there I've might got be some other things down there too. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got buddies that are relic hunters that will go out to old home sites and use a metal detector and you find all kinds of stuff. Like a lot of it's just garbage. There's, what is actually considered a relic? It depends on who, like, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Um, very true. You know, sometimes you could find like a broken glass bottle and that could lead. Well, like if you're looking at the archeology span of it, then this bottle was used and you could date that to this time and know things about the family that lived there based on the, there's a lot that you can. I think if you're a really good storyteller, you can sell a lot of relics and make lots of, lots of money off of it. Oh, there's a lot of fakes on the internet. Like oh, yeah. People will yeah. buy like a new button and then age it and then sell it on eBay. Like, this is a genuine Revolutionary War button worn on George Washington's coat. You have a good name to have a relic company. It could be Redix Relics. It isn't a bad name. I'm not going to lie. My name's not good. My name doesn't sound good with many things, but that's not a bad one right there. Just yeah. go out. Maybe me and, me and Chuck could, could, you know, fake age some some brand new buttons and, and really fool some people and make some money off of it on the side. Get like $5 or $15 button and then you turn it and you can make, you could probably make like $50 if you do it right. Or a couple thousand depending on the button and the way you sell it. Just saying. Yeah. Hey, if we only make $50, I mean, that's still a couple cases of beer. Yeah. It'd be all right by me. Yeah. It's uh, funny. There are uh, some uh, 
reenactors that make like reproduction things. And there's one guy in particular that has gotten in trouble recently for making uh, fake relics. Like he will handcraft it and distress it and make it look like it's a ri- like a bullet or something like that, and then sell it on eBay. And people have called him out for it. So that's a yeah. great story. I found twenty dollars at the end I of mean, that like, one. I mean, like call him out like he can't sell it, or call him out like he's getting thrown in jail. Ah, uh, he can't sell it. Level like, call out. Get a bad um, rating. Yeah. I don't know if it's tech. Don't, don't sell on eBay. Is it, le- is it illegal to do that, though? I don't think it's illegal. It's immoral. It's just bad, bad business practice. I mean, I, just don't, say it's, don't say it's authentic. I don't know. There's I mean, there's a way to get around everything. Yeah. Some of these crew chiefs probably figure it out. I know how to manipulate some of the rule book, some of the rules, some of the things, right? Give hand, Throw this to a crew chief. They'll find the right title for it, and they can get around the, around the name and sell it somehow. I mean, that's that's the whole... That's the whole game, isn't it? Just trying to skirt the rules. Like there's that gray area, the wiggle room. That's like, oh, we'll yeah, just change the gray this. area is shrinking. I think it is. It's we shot, we saw it shrink a little bit at uh, at Texas this weekend with Justin Algar and Eric Amarola on the blend rule. Um, that's always been kind of a, eh, you know, one of them things. But I, I that's, had, that's one of those things that's shrinking. I think. I think we might see something here soon come out on that. They might. They might finally. Say, all right, this is where it's going to be every single racetrack. Who knows? I had a question on that because that was the first time that I'd really heard anything. I mean, you hear about, you know, when reading the driver's meeting, you hear blend off a two or blend off a wherever. But, like, outside of that, you don't hear about it on the broadcast. And then all of a sudden in Texas, it's like, boom, blend rule violation. Well, you know, I'd say it, but Justin Alcar didn't even, he didn't even make it halfway through turn one and do any. He slid up onto the racetrack. So I think it's one of those deals where um, it's been a rule where I think they've kind of just, you know, drivers have been blending up safely, but they haven't technically, where is, you know, where do you define the start and end of turn two, right? That's, that's the real question here. I think there have to be become more, uh, you know, have to define that, that line a little more clearly, like it's at this mark or it's where the two is off of exit of turn two, or it's, at, it's where the blended, where the broken up line is off of turn two. I think they're probably going to have to, at some point, clarify that more. But, you know, a lot of the drivers for a long time have been doing it safely. They're not blending up into the corner exit of turn two in front of drivers, but Eric and Justin blended up, um, you know, a little early there. And if there was a car there, it could have been a pretty, pretty crazy little accident. But, um, hey, as drivers, you're trying to push every little every little thing you can on the racetrack. And if you can get away with it, not get called out on it, you're going to do it. Wait, you guys push the envelope? <laughs> Never. Now a little, little bit. <laughs> Another fun, uh, fun topic. Uh, you know, 2020 has been an interesting year. Did you uh, see that Iceland is, is asking for people to send their screams to Iceland to like let out their frustration? <laughs> Like, pretty much. Has Kyle Busch dialed them up recently to to air out his frustrations? I don't know, but I think we should send him the link and be like, hey, man, like, there's these speakers that are set up in the Icelandic wilderness, and if you press this button, you can scream into nothing and just, you know, let out your frustration. Is that what Ryan's doing today, possibly? Is that That, why he couldn't make it? I think that's what he's doing. He's actually uh, preparing for his Iceland yell. He's got to prep the vocal cords. Vocal folds, whatever they're, you know, they're actually. Yeah, is there, do they have like a, a, a record, like they keep track of the longest, like yelling and like the longest person, you know, top 10. I don't know of, if just yelling, pure yelling. I don't know if they have, but if you go to looks like you need Iceland.com, 
you can actually listen to some of the screams. Yeah. That's not my that's not my cup of tea. The opposite of what is it? Japan where some of the the roller coaster parks they're asking you not to scream on the roller coaster so you don't spread COVID. How do you keep yourself from screaming on a roller coaster? That's easy. You just don't. No. I scream out of just pure joy. It's so much fun. Like, I wouldn't, I don't know how. I mean, when you go off that first little cliff and you just go straight down, it's, I'm, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm screaming out of fear, but I'm just like absolutely thrilled. I finally get to go down something after waiting in a line an hour and a half in these parks just to get that moment. So, yeah, I think people are going to scream a little bit. They've been waiting in a line all day. Just go down one little ride. You can't just enjoy it and just be like, hmm, this is pleasant. I'm now, my stomach is up here. They're going down. Oh, what a pleasant descent this This is, is, man. That was lovely. So awesome. Yeah. Um, What is it? What's the word I'm looking for? Like, imagine filming like a commercial of people just (laughs) Just, not hmm. screaming. They're just... Hmm. Like nodding and, and then it fades to yeah. black. Don't spread COVID nineteen. It, it's yeah. basically just a bunch of Presbyterians sitting in a uh, roller coaster, was, just sitting that's there. That's what like, I was looking for. Pro- promotional, like promotional video of not screaming on roller coasters. How awkward would that look? That would be. Bad. I mean, honestly, that's the whole point, right? I don't think I have, outside of being maybe a young child when I was scared of roller coasters, but like when I actually started riding them, I don't ever think I really would scream on a roller coaster. I don't remember doing it. I'm not saying I didn't, but I just be like, mm, yeah, this is cool. And it's supposed to just be like, what? Not really my thing. I pretend that like when I'm going like, you know, on a roller coaster, pretend like con- country concert or a music <laughs> festival, just like screaming and cheering. Like I'm at a venue just out of excitement, you yeah. know, like cheering on. Wouldn't say it's like screaming, but you know, I'm trying to be as loud as possible. Just, just cause I mean, why not? See, I internalize all You want, all you want the people that are debating getting in line, like, oh, I'm scared to go. I don't want to do it to, you know, think twice about it. Start screaming random things like, do not get on this ride. It is terrifying. <laughs> Less people have to wait on. That's one thing I don't miss is, is, is waiting in lines for roller coasters. Yeah. Like, I'm. For sure. I'm good. I'm good. I haven't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've ridden a roller coaster since, like, 2004 anyway, so. Jeez. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a minute. I worked at Carowinds. Smart. I worked for Carowinds for a summer, and got your fill. Yeah, that was it. Was enough yeah, that I was like, I'm I'm good on amusement parks. You guys go have fun. Imagine, imagine, imagine trying to go right now. Like I, I don't know how you'd even do it. It's all, so hot. All, well, all the people that are uh, going to Disney World right now, like that would not. I, I'm good. Aside from. COVID things, aside from crowds and COVID. Like, it's fun. Did you see, though, so where fun. at Disney, they've now enacted a policy where if you're eating and drinking, you have to stay still. Because I guess people were like... Uh, I guess I'm just going to eat and drink more then. In that's the case, if I got to stand still while I'm doing it, I'll take two while I'm here. Because <laughs> you have to wear a mask at Disney, but I guess if you're actively eating or drinking, like you don't have to wear the mask. So people were just like walking around, not wearing masks, yeah. they were drinking. Find in the gray area. They were found in the gray area. Man. So can you like get your drink and then keep your mask on and then walk like halfway to the next like, you know, country? Then stop. And then drink your drink and yeah. then, you know, get in line. Huh. Hmm, I wonder. 
What if you had a straw? On that. What if you had like a like a twisty straw that went up like yeah, through, that the, went up through the mask? You know, I, I when I'm walking back, I'll try and do that after the race with like my drinking bottles. If I have one extra, they refill them back up for me. I'll try and get the straw in there and drink out of it. It's dang near impossible. It doesn't work. Might as well just wait. Yeah. I would it's bring hard. a straw with me every week just in the event that I won in victory lane. <laughs> Put the straw in the beer. And sift the beer. Nah, I, I'm, I, I, you know, what Ryan did at, uh, where was, was it? It was a night race somewhere, wasn't it? Yeah, where you like, like take a drink. It was Charlotte, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think I'm going to do it on purpose. Yeah. That, that was hilarious. I'm just going to take the two beers, you know, like, I can't guess, I guess I can't really do it. Well, Cole Custer does. He's got Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin down pat, but no, it, I think it'd be hilarious just dumping beer all over your mask just right in victory lane. I'm Cold in that. Cole didn't get to do that though at, at Kentucky, which kind of sucks for him. That there, there, there were no beers, and then, but I mean, he did get his beers. They did show up. Um, he got yeah, a lot more than just the two. Yeah, but um, that kind of that I was I was a little upset that we didn't get to see the Stone Cold uh, Stone Cold move. Would have been probably very refreshing. Wasn't it Kentucky where he about where he almost ate it when he was doing that? Uh, the year the year before when he won the Xfinity race? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a trick. Man. Like, you can't – like, that's a tricky thing to do. Like, you're on top of a car and then you – yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's challenging. I mean, after you've been, been you know, sitting there in a – basically a, a, a hot sauna, a steam room, whatever it is, depending on the, the climate we're in, you get out and decide to – I've made the mistake a few times. I'm just going to be honest. Um, I think back to Talladega – Think back to Charlotte, the Charlotte Xfinity race I won. I didn't realize how hot I was, but I got out of the car and I, you know, I got twisted tea everywhere and I'm pounded. I'm like crazy. And the next thing I know, I have like three or four tall boys in me. And all of a sudden, all that sugar, as we were kind of talking about, gets really messed up. It just hit me on the head. I thought I was just going to go on my head, just out. I just, all that sugar, all that alcohol, no water in my system. I was in bad shape. I looked, I mean, I looked like a dead body standing. It was bad. Never do that again. I've often oh kind of wondered, like, when you're sitting in a car for that long, and you know, has anyone's leg ever gone asleep? And so, like, when they get out of the car, they're like, boom! Oh no, pins and needles. Can't quite walk. Yeah, right. um, actually, not a not necessarily a funny story. It was kind of scary. I pinched a nerve in my leg way back when truck racing, my first, my part-time year at BKR at Dover. I was a dirt guy, never thought I needed a knee knocker, never had him in a dirt car, never experienced, been exposed to the the G's that the trucks, Xfinity and Cup cars have at Dover. You're, you're going through the corners fast. And my leg was flying all the way over and hitting my, my right leg because I didn't think I needed a knee knocker. Well, the, the substraps that you have in the, in, in these seats nowadays, uh, when my leg was coming all the way over, it was cutting off all the circulation, blood flow, all the way down my, my left leg. And after 25, 30 laps, I, I couldn't even tell where my leg was, couldn't feel it. And I would be having to kick, use my, my gas foot to get my leg like out of the way, kick it off the gas pedal, off the brake pedal to try and do pit stops. It was really bad. It messed me up. But I had a knee knocker in the car the next week. I learned my lesson. It was not a good deal. That's bad when that happens. Yeah. It's adapting though. You gotta adapt and you know, look at where you are now. You learn from it and you're uh I guess a little bit hey, you know, I was I was motivated after that race. I could run really good for like twenty five laps and it was like, You're falling out of the seat. I mean, well, I mean, 
I did fall out of the seat. I couldn't feel my dang leg. It was all over the place. But the next year I went back in there. I mean, I didn't win on four tires, a little bit of strategy, but I went in there next year and won that race at Dover. And I was, I was feeling pretty good about that. I was really wanting to, to, you know, go back in there and, and redeem myself from, you know, essentially falling out of the seat because my leg was going to sleep the year before. This year, redemption is spelled R E D D I C K. Yeah, but you, you might have something there. Hey, you know. Um, let's see, we're about, what, 40 some odd minutes into the show. We generally go for like 40 minutes to an hour. So uh, we're getting towards the end. We're getting towards the end. Um, Kansas coming up, Thursday night race, and then a little bit of a break. You guys got any uh, plans for the weekend where, hey, you don't really have to do anything. It's a weekend off almost. Well, um, <laughs> Tyler, before, Tyler, before my son, Bo, would be like, yeah, I got this plan. I got this trip plan. I'm going to go here, there, yada, yada. Um, uh, post Bo, Tyler is like, yeah, I'm probably just going to sit at the house and relax. Let Alexa um, catch up on some things that she doesn't really get to do too much while I'm out and about running around, you know, make sure race cars are good, simulating stuff, doing all those other things I got to do to stay fresh in the car. Try and give her a little bit of time away, let her rest a little bit. Um, we might go somewhere. I don't know. We might last minute do that, but just getting a minute to just relax and like chill out is, is awesome. So we're probably just going to take it easy. If we do go anywhere. We're probably just going to put our feet up and just hang out in the shade, but, uh, kids a full-time job. They, uh, they're crazy. Bo's awesome. We got him a little, a little crawler and he just, he just tears the house up. He's, he's having a blast. So. He's starting Hopefully. to look like either, either of you more than the other. He looks just like me. I can't deny it. There's no way I can deny that kid. He's literally looks, he's my twin between the hair color, yeah. uh, the, the facial, facial features, um, Alexis, uh, you know, she's Dominican. So, um, like I no, but, baby for nine months. Why is it not look anything like oh, she was, she was so, you know, she was like, this baby's gonna come out looking just like me, all this stuff. And he popped out and he's my twin. She was so mad about that. So she's trying to, she's trying to, I think one surprise me, she tries to lobby for, for a second go around and maybe get a, get one that comes out looking more like her, but he's literally just like me. He's got her, he's got really long fingers and really long toes. He looks, he's got some of Alexa's, um, you know, features. He's, he's huge. I mean, he's not like thick, huge, but he's like big for a, a six month old baby. Our friend uh, was coming and picking up some of our uh, used stuff that he doesn't fit in because he's grown so fast and her baby's five months old and her baby looks like Bo at four months, three months. It's crazy how quick he's growing. So he's having a blast. If I have a crappy day, I come home. He's laughing and smiling as soon as I walk in the door. I mean, can't, you can't get, can't get better than that. So he's been a lot of fun. It's funny. Uh, my, my niece and nephew today on Tuesday when we're taping this is my niece's fourth birthday. Um, and it's crazy how one minute she will look just like my sister and then like she changes her face and doesn't like she'll make a face and she looks just like my brother-in-law. And it's funny how genes work and how uh, kids can. Yeah, some people like that though, where they literally like one angle looks like the dad, one looks like the mom. It's like, what? It's like, this is not the same kid. How is this the same kid? This is freaky. I'm freaking out right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I joke with Alexa. He looks like me right now, but he acts a lot like her. I give her a lot. I joke with her a lot about that. He, he's, uh, he's, he's 
wide open, but it was oh. a lot of fun. I love the fact that about a week and a half ago, he decided to sleep, he's, he's sleeping through the night all the way, doesn't wake up once. So I get about, you know, we put him down at about a little around, I think around 7.15, 7.30, from 7.15, 7.30 to, to 6.50, he's, he's out. And uh, so we can do whatever, get some chores done, not have to worry about, you know, it can't be too loud. You don't want to wake him up. But uh, it's nice getting that whole nice rest back. But 6.50 comes around, the monitor goes off. He's, he's not screaming. He's not upset. He just wakes up and starts talking and just making noises. And you're like, yep. What is this thing called sleeping in that I used to do? It's gone. It's never coming back. You just got to get up with them and start doing stuff. Coffee drinker now? Huh? Are you a coffee drinker now that you have a kid? I was a coffee drinker before. Okay. I don't know how I would have made it without coffee now. I I love coffee. I don't like creamer. I don't put nothing in it. Same here. I have a coffee machine. I blend whole the got the grinds the the whole beans. I go to a little weird. I'll go to Lowe's Lowe's Whole Foods and get the coffee beans that they have there. And uh, yeah, I just I have to have coffee. I have to have at least two or three cups. You like a French? Like, do you have a, mach- a drip? Do you have a pour over? Do you have a I have French, a French press? Jura. I got an old refurbished one. My dad handed it down to me. Huh. It's a Swiss coffee machine. Okay. Uh, they're pretty high end. Okay. I think the one that, like, if you went out and bought a brand new one, I think it's like three or four grand. But I bought a ref- old, my dad bought an old refurbished one, and we got it for next to nothing. And it it just runs on its own. It it knows how to clean itself. It tells you when to put cleaning tablets in. Tells you when to decalcify huh. the water and all the water spouts. It's it it keeps itself running. It's I think it's it, it easily ten years old or so now. It still runs great, like brand new. Nice. It's wonderful. This nice. is this is a coffee drinker show. Last case, it really. Is. We are. Oh, that's we good. Are I love coffee. Connoisseurs I mean, of the coffee. Cold beer and coffee are <laughs> two of my favorite things. Although I I have been drinking just the chock full of nuts ground coffee because it's been quick and easy, and I'm just like. Well, my dad used to drink when I was growing up. With the mustache, yeah. I have to drink like shitty coffee like that's just what i have to do like i've got to i have to be an old man i'm gonna you know talk to you about stocks and bonds and you know all that stuff if you like coffee and beer i have to guess you like stouts and the coffee beers and all that stuff too right are you not uh, not sold i mean i like stouts and stuff in the winter but in the summer i'm oh yeah it's tough it's tough yeah i'm not yeah you got a good point the saisons the good uh, west coast ipas i like a good goza you know, the, oh, the sour yeah. beers. Yeah. You ever do Cafe Bustello, Chuck? It's like cheap. It's in the yellow and black yeah. and red yep. can. Super dark. I'll alternate. I'll alternate. Bleh, alternate between that. Um, Cafe Dumont. 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 It's got chicory in it. That's a good flavor. I like chicory. Um, Usually I'll do like the, not expensive, but like yeah. the craft roasted. I, I was doing French press and I have a mocha pot, but I just got a Shemex pour over. So I'm foraying into the pour over realm. I've got a Is Mr. It, coffee. What do you think of it? I've never done it. Uh, I mean, like it, it's like science. Like you can get really geeky into it. Like weighing the beans, using the burr grinder. So like the beans are crushed, not like blade ground. Then, then like the timing of the water. I will say though, like, it makes, you know how some people talk about coffee, the way they talk about wine, like, oh, you can take, it's like complex and it has nuances, like pour over, you can actually like taste the nuances of it. Like it makes yeah. it 
need a cup of coffee. Well, I'd be about that, but when I need a cup of coffee, I hit the start button on the machine. Yeah. I need it in about a minute and a half because I've squeezed every last second I can out of sleep and I got to get that coffee. And as soon as it's done pouring, I'm out the door and on to whatever I have to do that morning. So I don't think it'd work out for me. Not. Well, speaking of coffee, it's time I have hit the button on the soundboard and there is music playing, which the audience can hear, but you can't hear it. Um, so we've got about a minute and a half left. Uh, Tyler, thank you for joining us. Any final thoughts for uh, the glass holes out there? Because that's what our fans are. They're glass holes, not assholes. Live long and prosper. That's all I'm going to say. No, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, glad I could fill in for Ryan. Definitely not Ryan, as you know, but, um, you know, it's still a lot of fun. Glad I could do it. It's always fun when we have guest hosts on to see what they bring to the show and how they kind of direct the show. And it's uh, it, it gives a chance for drivers to kind of show off who they are, not just behind the wheel. Yeah. Weird, basically. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, we're, we're all weird. Kim's really weird. <laughs> Everybody's a little weird. Yeah. Weird's yeah, good. Weird's be. good. Everyone's got their little things, right? Yeah. Um, one reminder to all of the glass holes out there, rate and review on iTunes, subscribe, listen, download this from where you find all of your fine podcasting podcasts, and uh, like us, please. Just please. like us. Just we, <laughs> we just we're just looking for acceptance, right, Kim? Always. Yeah. We still got like 15 seconds left, so I'm just trying to fill time. Oh, man. <laughs> Kansas. 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 Racing at night in the show me state. Missouri. Big night for, for NASCAR. Woohoo! And then baseball's back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Baseball. Man. And since. 